Hello, welcome to the Woke Dad Podcast with your hosts, Jesse and Brennan, or Brennan and Jesse. They're brothers, so sometimes they argue about stuff like that. Talking about what it means to be a father in this modern age and the trials and tribulations of being a dad. Thanks everyone for downloading and tuning in to this podcast. My name is Jesse and I'm coming to you from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And my co-host is... Hi, I'm Brennan and I'm in Washington, D.C. So we can give you some background on ourselves. My name is Jesse. As I said, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I worked in the field of child welfare for a lot of years. But I'm changing careers to be an accountant. And I'm, uh, I've got one more semester left of accounting school. And I have three children. I have two boys and a girl, ages six, three, and nine months. And um, that covers it for me. Me and Brennan are brothers, so we go way back. We used to be in a band together. We have a lot of history. So um, what... Yes. Yeah, so. Do you want to introduce yourself, Brennan? Yeah, sure. So my name is Brennan. Uh, uh, I'm new to D.C. I've, I've only lived out here like maybe 10 months. And uh, I'm a teacher. I teach middle school, um, social studies. And uh, I have two daughters, uh, ages four and six. And um, I, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Right on. Well, okay. So what we're going to plan to do is we're going to have a heavy part of our show and then a lighthearted part of our show. So we'll kick off with the heavy part. And the heavy part today is um, a discussion of um, masculinity and misogyny. So we wanted to get an article, not just any news article, but we wanted to get a scholarly article. So we got um, an article from Feminist Media Studies. There's, um, it's called Hashtag Masculinity So Fragile. Culture, Structure, and Networked Misogyny. It's by Sarah Sarah Bennett Weiser and Kate M. Miltner. And um, it talks a little bit about Gamergate and the harassment of women in online platforms. We thought it was relevant because, I mean, it's always relevant. There's these um, kind of incel killings. And then there's also um, Comicsgate, which is very similar to... Uh, Gamergate. So anyway, Brennan, what did you think uh, of this hashtag masculinity so fragile? So I think uh, I think it's important to note because that uh, that this is all occurring like in the in the realm of, of online uh, interactions because I think anybody can start saying whatever they want behind a, a keyboard. But I think it's it's getting to the point where everyone's taking their filters down. Because they they don't perceive like they don't it doesn't seem to be producing any consequences for them. They can like say whatever they want. They can trash women. They can uh, say whatever they want from their own house behind a keyboard. And I think it's a it's a really terrible situation. And then I I get to the point where I I interact with uh, young people in my profession, and I just think. I just think it's not good for society as a whole. Like I, I hear these things that are said behind the comfort of a, a keyboard coming out in real life context, and it's just terrifying. I just think something that needs to be squashed. What, what do you think about it? Well, I guess what I what I should probably talk about is um, 
is they reference toxic masculinity and um I know this probably isn't the first time toxic masculinity comes up in um do they name it by name? I don't remember. But they reference toxic masculinity and um I guess I wanted to talk about what that is and I think um so it's basically like toxic you can tell me what you think but toxic masculinity is um kind of a thing that uh I'm getting it wrong already like where like masculinity like men fill certain roles and it's very rigid and restrictive um I, you know there's I I think it looks different for a lot of people but for whatever reason in America masculinity looks like the men make the money and tell people what to do and kind of can demand what they want to demand. Um, so is that kind of your understanding of toxic masculinity as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, oh, go ahead. Man. And, uh, and the first paragraph got me when the, when the guy said, I challenge any female tweeting unironically with masculine hashtag masculinity. So fragile to the last three rounds against me in a fight. We'll see who's fragile. Like, I just like, I could just hearing that. I'm like, what, who is this guy, man? Yeah. And, uh, what, what's he trying to prove that he, that he thinks he needs to like threaten a woman. Right. You know, I think, well, I think, I think in both good ways and bad ways, I think we live in a day and age where like, uh, I think that's shifting a lot. And I think masculinity can be defined a lot differently at this point. And, uh, but I think there are some people that, that think they need to be the strongest, most, uh, you know, have the most guns, like earn the most money, like be the most, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that that sticks around in this day and age, you know? Right. Um, so I'm, they're referenced in some other things as the university of Texas has a program um, called Voices Against Violence, and um, this whole issue is just like kind of one big can of worms, and a lot of it's playing out in um, all different types of violence, but kind of that, this rigid view of masculinity kind of leads to a lot of other violent outcomes, but instead of toxic masculinity, they kind of give it a different name, and they call it restrictive masculinity, uh-huh. so like the thing of like, act like a man and walk it off. And um, it said this this refers to restrictive notions of masculinity that imagines a single rigid identity that emphasizes aggression, competition with other men, devaluation of women, and few tools to develop communication skills or emotional ma- maturity. So yeah. I think so. I wonder if that's how the discussion of this will go forward in the future. They'll start calling it restrictive masculinity. So yeah. anyway, um, just that the this whole male aggression thing, you know, being frustrated by the way the economy has changed. So like the economy is not so hot. And, um, it used to be that, um, you know, white men from a small town could roll up and, you know, graduate high school and then get a job maybe in something manufacturing or agricultural. And with those jobs having gone away, that it leads to some kind of frustration and it referenced it in the hashtag masculinity so fragile article that um that they feel like this economic disenfranchisement is kind of they blame it on women for one uh, yeah in this context they blame it on lots of people as we know from politics but a lot right. is put on women like women taking jobs or um i don't know i think it's just crazy i was reading something yeah. um, about how 
maybe the whole Trump thing and this whole alt-right thing is not necessarily coming from like, you know, immigrants or the increased profile of like minorities, but a lot of it comes from um, misogyny of like men feeling emasculated. And yeah, what do you think about that? No, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I was I was not sure how this was gonna, if I was gonna, if it was cool for me to bring up politics in this, but I think it's just a, I think it's like a terrifying situation we're in now. And I think, you know, think what you will of either side. It's me being the, uh, me being the father of two daughters. I have to, like, I have to uh, raise them in a world where instead of growing up remembering like living when there was a a, a woman president they're gonna live uh during the the administration of somebody who like like admittedly uh like um how do i say this he has like so many accusers of se- sexual misconduct and he gropes women and he's just like and it's locker room talk to him and he's not proud of it but whatever and society just knew this about this man and, and they elected him anyways. And that's, to me, that's a really hard situation to be in because I have daughters that are, are now becoming old enough. Well, my oldest anyways, to ask questions. And there are certain things that I can't even really talk to him about with this particular administration. Cause I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And even when they're older, it might, it's going to still be a hard pill to swallow that they, they, we knew this about this man and we, uh, you know, and it's not the majority of the nation who voted for him, but enough that he could win the Electoral College and assume the nation's highest office. And I just think it's a tragedy, man. Because yeah. I, I think that only emboldens this, um, what, what do we call it, restrictive masculinity? Because mm, instead of working in a different direction, it's getting to the point where when you hear it, at, at the highest, at the nation's highest stage, it, some people feel like that's something they can repeat, and it's something that that validates like the way they feel about women and whatnot, and that's that's horrible to me. Yeah, as you mentioned it, like it kind of emboldened a lot of people and brought the rats out of the woodpile. Yeah. So I guess I'm thinking for me, I will, I will step back from the article for a little bit. So if we're going to not engage in restrictive masculinity, men should be able to kind of, you know, show emotion or not always be in competition or, you know, you know, bake a cupcake or like all kinds of different things. Yeah. However, I know in my family, okay. I feel like a catch 22. Okay. This is Okay. I'm, I don't want to, I'm not apologizing for these people. Just hear me out. Um, like my wife wants me to not be like restrictively masculinity. However, if there's like a spider or something, she's like, get that spider. And I'm like, what happened to, uh, equality or whatever? So do you see what I mean? Like there's that. No, yeah, I hear that. And she's like, I was like, well, and she's like, if there's like a fire or something, you need to be getting everyone out and stuff. So anyway, so they, I think it well, goes. I mean, that, it's so funny you say that because everybody, everybody's all equal rights, and then but when a, a dog dies or something, and somebody's got to dig a hole and bury this animal, then not only does it kind of fall on the shoulders of 
of the man. It's it's something that I kind of like willfully like. Oh, yeah, let me be a hero and squash this bug. Like, you know, I live in a in a family with my wife and two daughters, and and when there's like a spider, I'm just like, oh yeah, I got this. And so I fall right into that, man. Like I, <clears throat> in theory, we should all be squashing the same spiders, but like, not only does it kind of go that way, I I, you know, I like. It feels good to be the man and open the jars and and squash the spiders, but I know that I know that that's not that that's not the way it has to be. You know what I'm saying? It's not that's not the way I should feel about it. Yep. So anyway, that well, like feel, a, that's like a I funny feel, take on it. I definitely am not apologizing for people who like want to have like regressive masculinity. Anyway, yeah. I just want to well, and it's it's what you something thought. that. I, like the the older and the more mature I get and the more you know I'm, I'm a family man before anything else at this point and uh I think like I've been just reworking my whole mindset both uh on purpose and on accident like I mean the good thing is my daughters are going to grow up in a in a family where their mom very much out earns their dad you know because I'm like a teacher my wife's like going to law school she'll be an attorney and and so I mean I think that's good for my daughters they're gonna grow up in this household where uh you know that's the norm and that that women can be the it's not that I don't go and work hard you know but I'm I'm in the more historically um I'm in the field that's been historically dominated by women and then my wife's going into the field that's historically been dominated by men and it's not saying that we're like the most progressive family but now that things are working itself out that way it's it's something we strive for to make sure we're open to being like uh you know progressive enough that our daughters understand how the world works and understand that that's the way it can and should be you know yeah that's really good i think that's a good place to end this part i'll just um kind of paraphrase their last paragraph um, as far as the hashtag masculinity so fragile article, um, so they just said that um, you know that it's it says I'll just read it rather than attacking the individual heads of the patriarchal hydra, which is awesome writing. We argue that all forms of patriarchy need to be assessed differently and collectively in the current networked era to truly understand and combat popular misogyny in its networked forms. We need to look at it as a whole and not independently as a individual parts. So I think it goes back to kind of what we were saying about this uh, restrictive masculinity is kind of a part of all of our society and to, to combat it online and everything, we have to look at it as a whole. But I mean, what's the solution at this point? Because I can change. I, and I'm not saying it's hopeless because I don't I think that's a terrible way to look at it. But you and I can change our mindsets and uh, and we can be progressive and whatever. But how do you get the throngs of people who um you know feel this way how do you change society as a whole's point of view on this i mean it's hard to feel like like it's going to be an easy problem to solve you know that is a really good question there's this comedian hannah gadsby i don't know if you've heard of her but she was talking about call out culture how it's like a cool fun thing for people to be mad at people who like aren't as woke or whatever who have kind of like regressive or stupid kind of views yeah see i'm doing it already calling them stupid but yeah, for sure. does, nobody's gonna get their mind changed by like hey you're stupid so you're right i don't know what the solution is because i mean the current state of like just people yelling at each other is not 
it's it's making people more entrenched in what they believe. Yeah. So no, I I hear that. I really couldn't say. That's hard though. Yeah. But I think, like, some of the... I don't know. I don't know. I guess the future will bear it out. I don't know. I think I think we're making good strides as a whole, as a society. I think this the, the current political situation, as we've talked, I think that's a big step backwards, but I think it's kind of like a two-step forwards. Two steps forward and one step backwards. I like to think that there's going to be... The pendulum's going to swing the other way a little bit, and we're going to continue to make progress as a whole. But, but who knows? I mean, We'll take an ad break real quick. Today's episode, as you know, is sponsored by the Heavy Duty Force Cut Plunger, designed to tackle even the toughest clogs. Great for general household toilets, sinks, and drains. Won't <laughs> marks on porcelain or stainless steel. Brennan, in your life, have you had a chance to use the heavy duty force cut plunger? Oh, I, I swear by it, man. It's a, <laughs> it's a, not, I mean, not only that, man, in a, in a pinch, you can use it for other things too, man. Oh, can you give an example? <laughs> yeah, all right. So when I, when I moved into DC, I got, I, uh, you know, I didn't move a plunger with me and I, I, uh, in the middle of the night in my, my wonderful neighborhood. I, get, I had to go out and get a plunger, so I got this wonderful plunger, and on my way back, not only did I feel prepared to tackle the biggest clogs, I felt prepared to take on any, uh, any you know, potentially dangerous situation I'm, that might have come my way, you know? That's correct. You will not get mugged with the heavy-duty force-cut plunger. I agree. Yes, we use it all the time in my house because um, you don't want a regular plunger because that mess just turns inside out and is useless. So you need the force cup. So anyway, yep. you can yep. get that through homedepot.com. Um, okay, so in this next part, we <laughs> we talk about something horrible my kid did this week or lies I have told my kid or we can take questions from listeners. Um <laughs> And I, I can start off to give you time to think, or if you already have your thought of which one, I'm going to pick lies I have told to my kids. Do you have a preference on what you're going to do? No, I'll do, I'll do something stupid my kid did, maybe. Okay, cool. So, lies I have told to my kid this week. It's not me personally. I didn't tell the lie this week, but um, my kids were driving my wife nuts, and uh, and uh, she, they just like went go outside like they wouldn't oh, I'm I'm tanking this let me start over my wife well, let me start over again my kids were driving my wife nuts and uh she told them to go outside and they kept coming in to bug her and so finally she's like you know what there's turtles outside if you can you should look really hard and stay out there a good long time and try and find these turtles um and if you find them come tell me but otherwise you need to look and try and find these turtles and my kids well, like ran out and we're still to look for turtles, but there's obviously there's no turtles out there. <laughs> That's so, awesome. I, I stood by and let the lies flow, and I don't feel that bad about it. Man, you gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, man. That it's is correct. I uh, I let my oldest daughter when she was young grow up thinking we had a dog in our backyard, and I I didn't I didn't lie about it. I didn't. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say, hey, look, there's a dog out there and, like, trick her. But, you know, she knew that Grandma and Grandpa at, at their house, they had a dog in the backyard. And then our neighbors had a dog. 
So she would hear like a dog barking, like roof, 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 and she'd run to the sliding glass door and like knock on it, and and she was adorable. She was probably like, you know, two or something, and she'd knock on it and be like, hoof, 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 like pretending to bark, and I just let that go on forever because I didn't want to break her heart and be like, no, there's no dog out there. That's funny. So I I didn't lie to her, but sometimes it just now she knows we don't have a dog. She's old. <laughs> Six. Oh, so I, I guess the one I would choose then is uh, something, how do we, something horrible my kid did this week? Yeah, or, yeah, think, anything like that. I think at this point, it's probably, it's probably like two weeks now, but I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna use this one. So I was, uh, was about to lay down for a nap, and I hear this, like, screaming and crying from the other room where my daughter's sleep and uh it turns out that my daughter had swallowed this little plastic toy i don't know if any uh i don't know if anyone's ever heard of shopkins i don't know is are you are your kids into shopkins no but speaking of gender things my oldest two are of toy age kids are boys so they are into yeah. Toys like Minecraft and stuff, so. Oh, okay. Restrictive masculinity, man. But, no, but yeah. I know what you're talking about. So, they're, they're tiny. They're these tiny, like, uh, little plastic toy things. And I think they're they're kind of a terrible design in general. But one of them, you would open them up, and there was, like, a plastic heart inside of it. And my daughter, who knows why it was in her mouth, she swallowed this thing. And at first, I was like, oh, man, are you okay? Whatever. And then... Uh, I'm like, oh, she'll probably be fine. And then I let my brain work through its thing. And I'm like, no, I got to, this is serious, man. So I call poison control. And they're like, oh, yeah, she'll be fine. It'll work its way through her system. You're just going to have to, like, make sure that it works its way through her system. And I'm, I'm like, what do you mean make sure? And they're like, you know, like, uh, make her poop in a bag and put and make sure she passes it. And I was sitting there like, man, you got to be kidding me. This This girl's not even, like. She's not like a baby, you know, babies crawl around putting things in her mouth. And so once I found out she'd be okay, I was kind of mad. I was like, man, what are, you, what are you thinking? But, you know, kids make mistakes and anyways. And uh, it was a busy week, so my wife was, like, studying for finals or whatnot. And uh, next thing I know, you know, every time my daughter, like, had to use the restroom, I was like, well, you know, you going to pee or poop? Because if she had to poop, I would have to, like, put a bag over it and make her. It is a gross story. Now that I'm telling it, it's a really gross story, but whatever I mean, kids sometimes are gross but so she said no i gotta pee so i'm like okay cool and then she starts crying again and she's like oh i accidentally pooped in the toilet oh no i'm, I'm so sorry and i was supposed to be checking it and so i was like man what do i do am i gonna fish this thing out so i went into the drawer and i grabbed some like disposable chopsticks from takeout because we eat thai food a lot oh, and i got to like i got to like take these chopsticks into the toilet and like pick around in it and find the toy to make sure she was good and not going to have that thing lodged in her small intestines or something. And, and I love my daughter to death, but man, that, uh, that was, that was, that was something. So did it come out then or when did it come out? It did. Luckily I only had to do that once. She passed it like her very first significant bowel movement. And, uh, this is really gross. I can't believe we're talking about this. And, uh, (laughs) The very, the very first significant bowel movement, and it, it came out, and I'm like, thank goodness, because I don't think I was equipped to deal with that much more than that. And then, 
yeah, I mean, it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> but she, she's good, man. Every Everybody's good. I, like, uh, it could have been worse, man. Some kids swallow batteries. Some kids swallow, I mean, it was fortunate for us. It was like a little plastic heart that easily could work its way through her system. Yeah. But, but at that point, I'm like, man, crazy, I'm going right? Yeah. Wait, what? What would you say? A battery is supposed to be way more in te- intense, right? Oh, yeah. They have to, they got to get that out of you. Because, like, if, uh, well, I mean, and, and they can also x-ray to see, like, where it's at. But there are a lot of things like magnets and batteries and other metal objects that are, are really scary. Have your kids ever swallowed anything like that? Not so far. We had a friend when we lived in Ohio, and he swallowed a quarter. And they had to go in and, like, with the like a, a scope or whatever you call it, endoscopic, well, laparoscopic, however they say it, and pull it. Yeah. And I guess it was really painful. <laughs> and so oh. whenever our kids do that, we're like, remember so-and-so? He had the quarter. And they're like, yes. Oh, goodness. But anyway. Man, kids are so funny. So this is, that's why you come to this podcast for unfiltered dad talk. <laughs> oh, so, all right. Well, we're at about the time we wanted to do. You can check us out at such and such on Twitter. Uh, send us your questions and complaints. And if we got something wrong, we're always listening. Uh, that's one of the things of modern uh, masculinity is you have to listen more than you talk. Um, if you're in the Albuquerque area, I have a show at Rio Bravo Brewing Company on June 1st, which is a Friday. Um, the show uh, doors open at 9 and I'll be featuring there. Um, all right. Well, this has been a good time, Brennan. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. It was, it was fun. We're going to end with one of the songs from the glory days. And our glory days were probably about 2005 to 2009. And the one we're going to play you is Hiding Inside the Horrible Weather by My American Heart. Thanks again. Bye. Like shit, the folding chairs too easily, and that's why.